and uh, I'm excited about 2016. Is anybody else excited about 2016? Okay, even if you're not, I'm going to get you excited about 2016, um, because some of us do. We, like, we just kind of roll into the new year, and it's like, just another year, just another day, right? Just a different number, and I really believe that God wants to do something special in, in our lives. I really do. I really believe that his mercies are new every morning. I do believe that he wants to lead us deeper and deeper into his heart and who he is. And so even if you're not excited about 2016, like you're just over it. You're just over life. You're over just the monotony of things. I'm just praying that God, through his spirit, is just really going to inspire you for just a, a fresh and a new beginning here at the beginning of the new year. So if this is your first time at Fathom, we just want to welcome you, and we really hope that this is a good place for you to grow in faith and in family. And from the bottom of our hearts, we want to say, welcome, welcome home. That sounded a little bit cultish, so we might need to switch that up. <laughs> it's a little bit cultish when everybody's in the same exact pitch. So next time, like some of you be like, welcome home, like it's just a little less cultish, you know. <laughs> People don't scream and use high voices in cults, I guess, but uh, it's, 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 I'm ridiculous, sorry. It's so good to see you guys excited about what God's going to do. Um, we're starting something today that some of you are scared to death of, and you've already made up in your mind as you've seen us post about it and talk about it. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to be a part of it. I have nothing to do with it. Um, but uh, I, I hope that God's going to speak to you because I believe it's going to be a part of what God wants to do in your life in 2016. And, uh, and it's, it's fasting, it's fasting. And so I just want to share my heart, just kind of begin this morning. This won't be kind of like a normal message for me, like where we just kind of, I just want to share my heart on like why we're doing this and just share my heart on just the purpose and kind of re- like reality, I think, of where some of us are and like what God wants to do in our lives. Um, fasting has become like this uh, kind of popular thing, particularly for churches, of course. It's always been kind of a, a religious thing for a long, long time. Uh, sometimes historically it was used as just health purposes, like cleansing the body of all the toxins and things. Um, but for a long, long time since the Old Testament, like it's been used uh, as a, a, of spiritual significance, not just to do it, but there was something in this relationship with us and God and our relationship with chocolate cake that there was something in this mix that God could somehow use in a really powerful way. And so over the next few weeks, kind of leading up to our three-year anniversary, do you guys realize that in like three weeks, like we're going to celebrate our three-year anniversary. That's insane. Some of you have been there since the very beginning. Raise your hand if you were there like early on, launch day or around it. Yeah, there's some in the house that have been a part of it. Uh, I was just reminiscing with Lee uh, last night about uh, when we were meeting in my house and we had like a whole Mexican spread of food at his mom's house and it was amazing before it ever started. And so we're just going to do that in a few weeks and just kind of reminisce and just celebrate what God um, uh, is doing in our life. And, um, you know, again, it's, it's it kind of become more popular with churches. You see a lot of churches doing this. Uh, the 21 days of fasting. Is there anything super significant to 21 days? For me, it just lands. It goes from Sunday to Sunday, and it lands on our three-year anniversary. I feel like that's a kind of a good time to do it. So for me, that's the extent of the 21-day significance. Um, there, there's probably some like super spiritual, like biblical number of 21, and like it means this, but I, I don't know about that stuff. So, um, but I do know, like for me, 
a lot of times when I, I see something being popularized, I kind of like shy away from it. I'm not like, I'm not like a hipster, but I do have this little bit of hipster, like when something gets popular, I stop doing it. <laughs> do you guys know what I'm talking about? Um, and so I almost kind of lean away from doing what everybody else is doing, because sometimes that's not necessarily where I'm supposed to be. I'm not supposed to be living in someone else's image, or I'm just supposed to be who we are and who we are as a church. And so, so I really prayed about this, and I really feel like this time, like we haven't done this for the past few years as a, as a corporate group, and I really feel like this was a really important time for us, that in 2016, God really wanted to take us into deeper waters as a church, in that um, doing this is really going to help propel some of our, our, our spiritual lives and our relationship with God into a deeper realm and kind of into territory that, that some of us have never been before. Or if some of us have, it's been a long time since we've been at that place in intimacy with the Lord. And, and so that's kind of the heart of, of why we're doing this. I, I've got like a, some information prepared. Some of you have received it already. That's out of the Connect tent. That kind of gives you some details on a how-to, some different types of fasts, and how you can approach this. And I don't really care what type of fast you do. There's a complete fast, and that's nothing but like juice or water. That's considered a complete fast. There's a Daniel fast, which is just fruits and vegetables and, and like light grains and those type of things or nuts. And um, that fat, that's called a Daniel fast because that's what Daniel did in the Bible. We'll look at that in another, uh, in another week. Uh, and then there's something known as a partial fast that's, you know, I'm just going to fast these foods. And so, um, or I'm going to fast soda or I'm going to fast sugar. Like wherever like your comfort level is and whatever God's dealing with you, maybe there's something in one of those realms. The, the only thing with all of those, whatever you decide to do, give yourself fully to it and like just commit yourself to it. Uh, and not just in like a practical level, like I'm going to do this, I'm going to accomplish this, but in a spiritual level, like, God, I'm doing this. All this is, is just to help my mind and my heart just set and quietly before you and to hear your voice. It's amazing. I think some of you guys are going to be blown away, just the impact it'll have in your, your life. So even if you're doing a partial fast, give yourself completely to that partial fast and just really allow the, the, the Lord to speak. So there's more information on that and just some help kind of mindful things to look at. So please grab one of those. But really the heart, I mean, there's a, in the scriptures, there's lots of different reasons that people fasted. A lot of times people fasted when someone died. So no one has died um, here that I know of. Um, and, and so we're not fasting for mourning, but we're, we're kind of, if you look into the, all the, the texts that we see fasting come up, I'd say what we're doing is most closely identifiable with what we see in the book of Nehemiah. Some of you guys will remember this back in, I think, August or September of last year. We went through a whole series on Nehemiah. And at the end, they, if you don't know the story about Nehemiah, they, like the walls were in ruin. Jerusalem was a mess. The, the Jews had been kind of scattered all over the place, and they were kind of gathering back together to Jerusalem. And walls were of uh, important significance. And so they rebuilt these walls, and at the very end of all these tangible great things that happened, all these people coming together for this great cause to rebuild the walls, and everybody unified, and everything's great. What they did was... They covered themselves in ashes, and they fasted, and they prayed. And so at this time where everybody's like, yeah, we're like, all right, now let's not eat for a few days, or, or not eat for a week. And so they went to this, this time of fasting, and it was because they wanted this space. They wanted this time, this, this season that they were moving into to be consecrated or dedicated, set apart for the Lord's service. So if you want to know really the heart of why we are doing this over the next 24 day, 21 days, it's 
because we want, as we go into 2016, there's been amazing things that have happened for the past three years, incredible things. Some of you have come to know Jesus in this room, and you've gotten baptized in this room, and we've seen God do all kinds of incredible things in missions and in the city and just touching lives, all kinds of incredible things and miracles. But at this time, like, I just want us to, to go into 2016, and we're going to celebrate all these things, but just to, to lower ourselves and say, God, it's all for you. It's all for you. We set aside this year, this season in our church for you, God. Every victory I will have this year will be because you gave it to me. Every bit of gain I receive this year will be because I put my faith in you, Jesus. And so the heart of why we're doing it is that, to set ourselves apart and to set ourselves aside um, to say, God, have your way. Have your way. And so that's, that's really what, what this is, a, is about. And I, I want to actually go ahead and take us to the text this morning. And I, interestingly enough, I, I'm going to share this text. It's Galatians 2, 19 and 20. And, and some of you will be very familiar with this text. You won't be familiar with it because of me, um, because I don't share this text much. I don't know if I just consider it like a private text, which is super weird, uh, in my own life. But this is one of the most transformational scriptures in my life. Um, and you'd think I would talk about it and preach about it a lot more, but for whatever reason, I, I don't. Um, it's just been very special to me because my life literally was transformed reading the scripture. Um, some of you are familiar with St. Augustine and the, the great uh, church father who this road is named after. Like he had like this incredible moment with God. He was doing his best to disprove God and he turned to a, a passage in John and read the scripture and became a believer right then. Like he, read, he was reading through, doing everything he could to disprove God and he goes to this one verse and it was God had just set it up for him. I forget what it was. I think it was in the book of John. He read it and, and it just it altered the whole course of history. Uh, in many ways. And that's kind of what this scripture has been to me. Um, and so I, I want to share it and just share my heart and why I think this kind of plays in, why to bring this up today after I've been hiding my secret verse for a few years. Uh, why? That's silly. It's not a secret verse. It's some of your favorite verse too. Um, for through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Just leave it up there for a couple of minutes as I just kind of talk through this and share what was going on in my life. I grew up in a, a pretty religious environment. Um, not that people were like super religious. I just grew up in church and kind of went through the motions of kind of American Christianity. You know, we got up on Sunday morning, we went to Sunday school, and we went to Sunday service, and we were there on Wednesday night. I mean, we just did the whole thing, and by the time I was a teenager, and I feel like really to a place where like I was struggling with a lot of things, uh, I found myself really like jaded by the church, and really just kind of hating the whole experience, because I just found it really fake. I found it really hypocritical, and just not honest. Um, so if you find me being super honest, that's because it's really uh, a big part of who we're called to be. Um, but I just kind of found myself in this kind of religious thing. It was about keeping the rules. And I don't think anybody was pounding that into me. I think I was just in my flesh taking on like to, to reach God, to, to be at this greater place in 2016. I've got to start getting my act together. I've got to start, you know, checking that off. Well, I'm, I'm keeping that commandment. I'm keeping that law. And, and it took me quite some time to really figure out that that was not the gospel of Jesus. It is not about keeping all the rules. It was actually the fact that all these rules just show us 
that we are incapable of keeping all the rules, that every single one of us have fallen short of the glory of God, and that, that Jesus, through his grace, has made a way for us to have communion with God. And, and, and so as I began to understand this, I, I was in a place in my life when I read this verse that um, when I read the words, I, so I no longer live, and I no longer live, that was kind of the state of my emotional, like that connected with me, because I didn't want to live anymore. <laughs> like that's, that really connected with me, because I, I, was, I was all about escaping. I was, I was in a place where I was crying myself to sleep sometimes, and I know that's not like a manly thing to admit, but I was just in like a deep depression, even as like a, a young teenager, um, and, and when I read the words, and I no longer live, I connected with that, because I was ready to escape. And God began to unpack for me what he wanted to do in my life that I didn't have to struggle through the brokenness and ugliness of this world alone. I didn't have to face suffering alone, but that Jesus had gone before me and had felt everything and experienced everything I had experienced, that I might know life, that I might live for God. And so that I'm not living, but it's Christ who's living in me. And that just, it just shaped my entire worldview when I began to read this in the context of my brokenness and my, my desire to escape from reality and life, I realized that, that Christ, I'm now crucified with Christ, that all of my sins and everything had gone to that cross just like Jesus had, that he had taken them there with his love, and that the life I now live in the body, I live by faith, not because I know it, because how many of you guys like to know everything we want to know? Not because I know it, but, but I have complete faith. I have faith in the Son of God who loved me and he gave himself for me. And I think this connects so closely with fasting because fasting is difficult. Like some of you in the room who have fasted before know it's hard. Like every time I see candy or cookies or cake, I just want them. I'm like, get in my belly. Like I want, I want sugar in my veins. Like I, and an IV of sugar. Like it's, it's bad. And like the holidays were like only worse. So I set myself up perfectly to just like have intense withdrawals of sugar. Um, and I think, really, if we look at what fasting is, sometimes we set out certain purposes, like, hey, God, I need you to show up in my, in my work life, in my career. I need direction, so I'm writing that down. Like, God, I, I need you to speak to me in these 21 days. I need to hear your voice. God, I'm struggling whether we're supposed to do this or we're supposed to do this. Am I, am I supposed to get involved in that? And, and I'm, God, I'm going to write it down, and I actually tell you on that paper, write some things down of, like, what you want God to speak to you. Sometimes he will, sometimes he won't in that timing. But certainly there's, there's peace in that journey. Um, so we write those things down, why we're doing it. But more than anything, it's to know the heart of God and to see the face of God. It, it's to set ourselves at the feet of Jesus and say, God, I'm yours. What's the, I will be yours, I will be yours for all my life. That's a connecting song to what we're, we're, we're doing in these 21 days. And, and fasting is a difficult thing because really we talk about I've been crucified with Christ. That's kind of what it's doing. It's helping us begin to crucify the flesh. Um, if, you're, if you're like me, if you're like most of America, through this holiday season, um, most people spend way more than they wanted to, right? You had a budget, we're going to spend this much. And then you get in the store and like, oh, wait, I forgot to buy for them. Like, oh, let's go and grab this too. Some of you guys do this. We just found ourselves more and more, and we have trouble saying no to ourselves. And that bleeds into our, our spiritual um, reality as well, walking with the Lord. And... and Traditionally, and actually some litur more liturgical churches, Greek Orthodox and others, um, the fasting is used as just a way to beat the body into submission. 
It's not even like we're writing down these purposes or anything. It's just to beat the body into submission, basically, to do what the Lord desires and to walk in obedience, not to do what the flesh desires. And so there's that, I think there's that added element to as we begin to say no to ourselves, which is very difficult to do. I, I have trouble saying no to carrot cake or cheesecake or anything that has sugar in it. Like, I just have trouble. And so I'm going to be beating my body into submission. When it's screaming, when it's growling, when I'm having all these hunger pains, like I'm going to be beating my body into submission that I might more fully submit myself to Jesus the rest of this year. Not that I'm going to just go out and just try to continue in this every single day or anything, but for this set-aside period as a church. Can you just imagine, can you just imagine with me what God would do in our lives individually? What, what could happen in that? And more so, what could happen when like, a group of people really just begin to say, God, we are yours, we're at your feet, we're at your service this year. And then just come back and celebrate and charge into the new year. So I think it, it's some of that. It's, it's crucifying the flesh. It's beating the flesh into submission as we go into it. That it's not all about our fleshly desires, but it's what God desires in our life. I want to flip over now to, to Philippians chapter 3. And I was immediately brought to Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11, and I think this will resonate with you. But whatever were gains to me, this is Paul talking as well, just like in the other text. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. If you're, if you're like me, kind of going into 2016, like I looked at what happened in 2015, I was like, yeah, we saw some progress here. I saw some progress financially here. Saw this in our church, some progress here. I feel like in our marriage, we started doing these a little better. As a parent, I was doing these. Little, I saw some gains. And this kind of just, or some of you guys working out, getting gains. Um, that, that verse really just says, we'll go back to that verse. I want to read it one more time. I consider it lost for the sake of Christ. Whatever were gains to me now, you just consider it lost for the sake of Christ. Let's continue reading the passage. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of what? The surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own because I kept all the rules that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I consider them garbage. So here's an exercise for those of you that are going to be looking at, at, at cake or whatever it is, or soda, or whatever your deal you might be struggling with over the next 21 days. It's just look at it like it's garbage. Like beginning to, uh, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to look at carrot cake and I'm like, you're just garbage. You're just garbage. And I'm giving that up for the sake of Christ. I really think it's a mental exercise. The things that we're desiring, things that we want, we just begin to put Christ in them. We say, that's garbage compared to this, what? The surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. Sometimes we wonder why we, we struggle. And I think every, with every passing year, a few, we, we know more and more that it's nothing in comparison to the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. Some of you guys have really lost some things in 2015. Maybe you lost a loved one. Maybe you lost a job. Maybe you went through some difficult suffering in 2015 of some sort, and you wonder why. And some of you have gone through those things, and you found, while other people may have left you, you found the surpassing knowledge of Jesus. While you may have lost your job, but you found the surpassing knowledge of knowing Jesus and seeing his face even in the fire. A few weeks ago, Taryn and I had the awful, awful honor 
of singing at a funeral of a 19-day-old baby and of a family that the grandfather had just passed away a month before. Um, it was heart-wrenching. We sang at both the funerals, and it was just an awful, awful honor. And um, it, it was times like that where I look, God, how in the world? This child was born with a malignant tumor. Like, just how in the world, God? How do we deal with this suffering? The only thing that we can cling to of all things we've gone through and we lose in this life or we suffer through in this life is the surpassing knowledge of knowing Jesus Christ and the hope that he brings us and putting our faith wholly in him. Is that the end of the text there? And one more, yeah, I thought so. I want to know Christ, yes. To know the power of his resurrection. And what? And the participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the res- resurrection of the dead or eternal life. Uh, th- this text, we would love to scratch out like si- five or six words in here, wouldn't you? Like if you could scratch out, all right, this is, let's take a little liberty and just be honest with each other. If you could scratch out any words in this verse, what would it be? I'm guessing participation in his sufferings would be it, like those four words. Like if I could scratch anything out, I'd be like, I would like to know Christ, yes, the power of his resurrection, becoming more like him in his death. Like I, I, would, I would like to just skip over this and participation in his sufferings. And sometimes there's a gospel presented that's other than what we see in the scriptures is that sometimes, and, and what we find is really vapid theology regarding suffering. We find really empty theology when it's like everything's good, everything's always going to be good for Christians. You say yes to Jesus, and some of you were told that when you said yes to Jesus, or you thought that, and then like you started to walk in, and you realize that's not the case, not everything's perfect, not everything's like, you know, just all the time, like angels are just surrounding me, I'm just visions of everything all the time, and you just realize that maybe it's not like that. Um, And this kind of theology of suffering is not presented but even through those things, like becoming like him in his death, not only the miraculous power of his hand that, that raised Jesus from the dead, but also in the struggle of suffering that Jesus, we, we, come, we become more like him. So in this process, in these next 21 days, if you need a reason of why I do this, you're going to become more like Jesus. You're going to be able to more closely identify with the suffering, and, and while, and some of you have maybe done this before and had a bad experience with it or something like that, maybe many of you are looking at this like, dude, this is just weird to me, like to not eat food, like food's awesome, like why would you not want to eat it? Um, whatever it is, I know that like we will become more like Christ, we become more like him, and it propels us into attaining to the resurrection of the dead, basically saying for eternal life, then Christ returns for us, like it propels us in that, and hopefully to to, to do that, and so I, I just want to, to let you know that, like, this next 21 days as you begin to, to do some of these, particularly depending on what you decide to do, like, it's difficult. Like, it's really difficult. Like, Jesus didn't eat for a long time, and you know what the scripture said? He was hungry, and I, that's, like, the one scripture, like, you're like, duh, like, duh, he was hungry, but we just think, like, Jesus would be, like, not have, like, his stomach, his stomach wouldn't growl, like, in his perfection, his stomach wouldn't growl. Uh, or he didn't get hangry like, like some of us do. Um, and I'll tell you, like, as, as we begin to fast, like, you'll find, like, you'll be having to confront some really difficult things in your life. You will. Like, I immediately, like, have to confront, like, my, my anger. Like, I have to confront it. I have to uh, immediately have to confront my lack of patience. 
Because, first of all, I'm hungry, and everybody gets a little bit hangry when they're hungry, right? You know what I'm talking about? And I have to confront my patience because I'm, I'm, I, I've, I've fasted for two days, God. Why aren't you speaking? Like, where is it at now? Like, where is your voice? I have to confront my patience that I'm just going to walk with the Lord day in, day out. Not to get anything, but just to know him. Just to know him more and just to lay myself at his feet. And uh, I, it was posted actually on our social media stuff this morning of this passage in 1 Kings that, that says, you know, and uh, there was a storm raging and the winds blew and an earthquake happened and God's voice was not in any of those things. But God's voice came in a whisper. And God speaks in many different ways, but I just know during this time as we just walk with him on a daily basis and struggle and like confront some difficult things in our life, crucify some things in our life that we've been addicted to even, for me, sugar. Um, and that's not one we'd often bring up, but uh, it can be just as damaging to my health as, as anything else. Um, and so somehow attaining to the, the resurrection of the dead in this and, 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 and to eternal life that God's called us to. And so I just know that God's wanting to take us deeper. And, and we've just got to say yes. Say yes. And during this process, and really what fasting is, again, there's a spiritual portion of it. It's not just saying, okay, I'm not going to eat, which is, which is great. Like, that's part of it. But the other part is, like, really making yourself available, and so, you, do, I don't know if you're like me, I eat super fast. Does anybody else eat super fast? Like, I'm in the military. Like, seriously, I eat, my family, like, by the time they're sitting down, like, you count 60 seconds, my plate is clear. Like, that's, I eat fast. Like, I'm in the, in the military for some reason, I don't know why. Um, but I'm going to, again, I'm going to have an extra three minutes a day. <laughs> to, you get that? Three minutes a day, it takes me 60 seconds. Okay, it wasn't as funny as I thought, sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have an extra, t- you're going to have extra time in your day. Some of you are going to have extra money in your budget. And you, you, you kind of sit in that time and you begin to talk to the Lord. You increase your reading of the word. You increase the amount of time that you just spend just sitting bef- before the Lord and just saying, God, I'm listening. Like I'm just closing my eyes. And maybe you just kind of go on this trail of thoughts. And, and honestly, that's sometimes what prayer is. It's just meditating and sitting before the Lord and allowing him to speak. And it's going to help us to listen more closely. We're going, to, we're going to clear out some things in our life. And it's just a focused time of not just not eating, but of sitting before the Lord and praying. Saying, God, meet me here. And for some of you, the idea of sitting before the Lord and talking to him is terrifying. It's terrifying to actually think about, like, actually slowing down from the busyness, moving all the noise, like, turning off the TV, like, like t- not touching social media during that time. Like, it's going to be really more difficult than what you think to tune all of these things out that I might hear the voice of the Lord. And I think as we begin to do this, you're going to have, it, it's just going to blow your mind how much we're addicted to food and how much we're, we're, we find ourselves just distant from the Lord, and just kind of, there's all, it's, it's just muddled with all this noise in our life, setting the f- food aside, and just having time consciously to discipline ourselves, and just say, God, I'm listening, I just want to talk to you, I'm not here to get anything, I'm not here to do anything, I'm just here to be with you, like, it's just a beautiful idea, I mean, I just picture, like, someone that you love in this world, just, like, literally, like, sitting in a park, and just enjoying each other, like, the, the phones have been blown up, you've thrown them into the river, and you're just literally sitting there with a the person you enjoy most on this planet, and you're just enjoying their presence. 
I'm just going to get that picture of walking with the Lord on a daily basis. And at these meal times, as opposed to eating, we just sit down. We just sit in the, in, in the, the meadow, right? <laughs> I'm being super corny now. Um, we're just sitting and we're just being patient and we're just talking with the Lord and just allowing him to speak. Now, some of you are really, you know, just turned off by this whole idea of fasting. And um, some of you guys are struggling and maybe you're thinking through and praying through God, what, should, what might you be leading me to in this? this? This is new for me, or I haven't touched this, had bad experience, whatever, I'm not coming back. Um, but I, I believe that, that this is for each of us in some way, some way. Maybe like you're going to fast social media, and that's like a, that's a partial fast. It's not food. Maybe you've got some health things or whatever. Maybe you need to fast. Like our kids, you know our kids are going to be fasting for the next three weeks. Our kids are going to be fasting, complaining, right? Because what does every kid love to do? Complain. And so we're getting them involved, and like they're going to be fasting, complaining. And so moms and dads, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, and so um, we can all do something and engage ourselves in what God's doing in our life as a whole, as a church. I, I want to read to you to close today um, an extremely, extremely powerful text in Isaiah chapter 58. Um, where the people are fasting, and they get rebuked about it. <laughs> so that's a good way to close the fasting message. <laughs> but it gets down to the heart of what fasting really is and what God might be able to do in our lives through this. I'll read it up there. It's bigger. Shout it aloud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion. This is God talking to Isaiah here. Um, and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say, and have you not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and have you not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, so this is a conversation kind of going back and forth. I hope you can follow there between God, Isaiah, and the people. Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and you exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. This is like the worst uh, possible scenario for what happens in our church in the next three weeks. Like We're just like beating each other up by our three-year anniversary, celebrating in style. Um, you cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I've chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away uh, from your own, and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer you and will cry for help and he will say here am I if you do away with the yoke of oppression with the pointing finger and malicious talk and if you spin yourselves in, in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed 
then your light will arise in the darkness and your night like, uh, will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. That's one of the, just an extremely powerful thing to us today that this is not even about food. It's not even about food. It's about the purpose and walking with God and, and fulfilling the mission of God. Here it is in the Old Testament, and he's declaring mission to them. He's declaring that I, I, I restore you, I bring righteousness into your life, I set you upright, I shine like the, the noonday sun so that you might share it with others. I bring my glory into your life that it might spread into the city, into the streets. There's a great... I'm reminded of several texts. One is Daniel, and we'll look at this uh, one of the other weeks, but the the basic thing is he's kind of under the king's care, and they say, I'm not going to eat meat anymore. We're just going to eat vegetables, and we're going to be stronger than the other men. We're going to be stronger. They keep eating meat. They keep eating the best beef that the king can buy, and then at the end of it, we're going to see who's stronger and who's smarter and who's wiser and just... You know, spoiler alert, Daniel and, and his men are, are, are wiser and they're stronger and um, there's a noticeable difference. They even look better <laughs> uh, at the end of it. And Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 5 when talking about fasting, he said, don't be like the hypocrites who like blasted in front of everybody and who like, oh man, I'm really struggling today. They're like walking through the streets and making sure everybody knows no, like, actually, like, we're supposed to have this countenance about us and just, like, God's grace. And, like, when, even when we're struggling, it's not faking it. It's just walking with the Lord and just letting him daily and minute by minute. The, our, our hunger pains are crying out. Our addictions are crying out to be filled. Like, God is meeting us there, and his glory is shining through us. His light is shining through us as we're just putting our whole trust in Jesus. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. I love this. I love this. You will be called repairer, repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. And I could go on for the next two hours and share like why we are here in this building right now. But it is a part, go back to that last verse, is a, to be a repairer of broken walls. Um. Because I don't know about you, but in a lot of our lives, our friends, our family, they have a really jaded view about what church is and how they feel about church. And we're called to be a repairer of that. That's kind of mission, kind of one, is just developing an environment of love and acceptance where we can love people and people can grow with the Lord in that. Restorer of streets with dwellings. Let's finish out the last two verses. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, If you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, and then to wrap it up, then you will find your joy in the Lord, and I will cause you to rise and triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on your inheritance of your father Jacob from the mouth the Lord has spoken. From the mouth of the Lord has spoken. I'm going to ask you to stand, and I want to... We're just going to come before the Lord in, in worship and just beginning to practice what we were just talking about, of just listening to what God's speaking to us today. 
For some of us, the idea of not going, like not eating for any meal, like it's terrible. Like anybody else love food? Anybody else? Come on. I love food. It's good. Amen. Thank you. I got one amen up here. Um, it's awful. But as we close our eyes, I just want to ask us in the house to just consider what God might do in our lives. What walls might be repaired? What addictions might be broken? As we just humble ourselves and set ourselves aside or apart in this time and away from food and just say, God, you can use us. Make us holy for your service in 2016. Have your way in our lives, God. Maybe you're in this room and and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And this whole idea about fasting is kind of far from where you're thinking. Um, Today you can make a decision for Jesus Christ and to, to respond to the call that he's placed in your heart, that he's stirring right now. And begin to walk in this obedience. Begin to walk in this, this journey with, with Jesus. And hear his voice calling to you today. It's just simple. Just saying yes to him. I'm beginning to follow. He made it very simple for the disciples. He said, come, follow me. And they got up and they followed him. <clears throat> and maybe you're in a place where you're just kind of, you're just done with the status quo. You're done with just being stagnant in your spiritual walk and you just, you need real breakthrough and I I believe that in this time as we set ourselves aside, God's going to give us that. It may not look like what we think. In fact, I'm sure it'll it'll be probably pretty different from what we think it might look like, but God will meet us there. He will meet us there. He meets us here in this place and we're invited to come as we are today and to follow Jesus closer and closer, to know his heart crucify the flesh and to let Christ live through us I want to pray and these guys are going to lead us in worship and you're, you're invited to the table after this prayer and it's just worship, let's let the Lord lead us today and just prepare us for this incredible year that, that is ahead God I thank you God I thank you that, that you are holy when I fall short when I, I didn't perfect my stuff in 2015 but God You've made a way. God, I thank you that you've provided every step of the way. I thank you, God, today that there is, there is food, there is sustenance that some of us have yet to experience. There is food, there is drink beyond the tangible. But God, we can experience you, the bread of life, the living water, overflowing in our lives, God. And I just pray that if no one in this house has ever tasted and seen, God, I pray that we would taste and see during this time, God, that you are enough for us. We want to know the surpassing knowledge of knowing you, Jesus. That's why we're here today. Christ's holy name. Amen. Amen. The table is open today. Come as you are. Declare that, that Jesus has won and he's made a way uh, for, for our redemption today. Uh, come as you are.